Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Revenue Rebels right here in SLMA Radio with our host, Roan Morgan, the CEO of Demand Lab, the sponsor of the program as well. So let's get started. Bring in those rebellious Revenue Rebels with Roan and her friends right now. Hey, Roan. Thanks, Paul. We have invited Tiana Moratovic to join. The title for today's podcast is Revenue Operations, and we're focused on how the role of revenue operations is advancing marketing and sales alignment. Uh, We're going to explore the impact of the efforts across business teams. And Tiana is the Director of Sales Operations and Enablement at uh, Fix Software. And um, I'm really excited to have her joining. I can do a little bit of a background quickly by way of an introduction of Tiana, and then we can just dive into the conversation. Okay, well, let's go. Cool. Tiana and I actually, we first collaborated together in 2014, and I'm really excited to be chatting with her again. You know, she's just an incredibly smart professional in this field, and uh, we worked together when MarketWired brought us in, brought in Demand Lab to work on some of their Marketo programs, and uh, we were able to connect when some of those projects reached into the, the sales ops and the operations side of the, the house, right? So around CRM, um, lead lifecycle, the, the handover between marketing to sales. Her career started in marketing, which I also think is a really unique advantage where she, you know, she started off very early on using marketing automation with a real emphasis around operations and analytics. That is actually what led her into sales operations and enablement, found that that really was her sort of true calling, if you will. Tiana is also the founding member of Sales Enablement Society's Toronto chapter. She's also a very active contributor to the Revenue Operations Network. So, Tiana, I'm really excited to have you joining us today. You've got such a strong history such a great passion for building revenue functions and teams uh, from scratch. I think this is going to be a really fun topic for us to discuss together. First of all, big hello to your own and to your listeners and to Paul. I'm super excited to be joining today's podcast, so thank you very much for having me. You're right, it's been uh, quite some time, four years and counting, so I'm very, very excited that you and I have a chance uh, to collaborate again. Wonderful. Cool. You know, what I thought we might do actually before we dive into the topic is to define two of the areas that you specialize in. I'd love it if you could share a little bit about how you think of sales operations and sales enablement and how they intersect and sort of build, intersect with marketing and build up into this overarching field of revenue operations. I think it's a great start and it's a great first question. It's actually goes right to the heart of the matter. I think to some extent, even the industry is somewhat confused about what sales operations is, what is sales enablement, um, how do they intersect, what do each do. I think that comes from the fact that in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of buzz in the industry, um, in the tech industry around sales enablement. For those of you mm-hmm. who kind of been following, they probably know that neither sales operations nor sales enablement are new concepts. I think they're just coming back into the focus. And I think that their scope is changing, rapidly changing through the tech startup space, essentially. I have personally a slightly different view from what I would call majority of professionals out there. 
I view both of these sales enablement functions. They're both enablement to me, but they are on a mm-hmm. spectrum. I don't necessarily think that they are one and the same, but I do believe that they're both in the service of what I define as true sales enablement. And let me give an example, Roan. On kind of one extreme is the operational things such as running a sales report. And people may think of that as, yeah, it's okay. It's just a sales report. But it really is a sales enablement when you think about that because it enables the leaders and the reps and executives to understand better the business. On the other side of the spectrum would be things such as creating content for the sales team and running sales training. This is also a form of sales enablement. Right. So, again, mm-hmm. I view them as a spectrum and one side is more the operational enablement of the spectrum. The, the extreme on the other side would be performance coaching. And for those of you who are a fan of billions, which I am, I'm a huge fan of billions. There's a character by the name of Wendy Rhodes. And this is what Wendy Rhodes essentially does. She makes sure that sales reps working at hedge funds are always ready and at their best. I would call that a spectrum, and I would I view this as all sales enablement. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I, I think it would be difficult for us to actually silo these this work and these functions at the end of the day. I haven't actually watched Billions. Now I'm going to have to go and check that out, I think, how sales enablement and operations is ultimately at the service of the sales team and supporting reaching their goals certainly rings true for the way that we think about sales enablement. And, you know, it's interesting because I think oftentimes when we hear that certainly goes to uh, the marketing team, right, to enable sales, to provide uh, the the tools that they need. Um, But ultimately, also, if they don't have the right insights and the right reporting, they're not going to get as far as they potentially could. You know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about your background is that you've worked on the marketing side. So you've got the experience yep. on both marketing and the sales side in terms of revenue generation activities. Maybe before we go too much further, if you could share just briefly um, how your professional journey progressed. You started in marketing, then there's, you know, there was the tech boom around, you know, br- companies bringing in a marketing automation and us getting much stronger around data analytics. Maybe you can share quickly how that flowed for you. Yeah, definitely. And and I think you nailed it right on that marketing and sales enablement are very much interconnected. And that was my segue into sales enablement. But let me kind of go a step back. I did start on the marketing side. started during the time when marketing wasn't as operationally focused, right? It was all about creative and brand impressions and things that mm-hmm. weren't very concrete. Like no one was really talking Metrics that were discussed were possibly brand impressions, but that was the extent of it, right? So I kind of moved through marketing automation, sorry, marketing communications, branding, partner channel marketing. I've done product marketing and towards the end of my tenure in marketing is where really demand generation and lead generation started kind of taking its shape or conversations have started around that. That was really interesting to me. Um, I was at the time in a computer hardware industry, so there was not a lot that you really could do there from the lead gen and demand generation standpoint. But my interest was always aligned much more with a B2B software space 
as you mentioned, we're in Canada, and in Canada, that is one of the growing industries. Tech startups are big kind of employers um, in Canada, so it made a lot of sense to shift in that um, sphere. As I moved into B2B space, I did realize that marketing was very much about sales enablement. It was about creating programs that were going to generate that demand for sales. It was for providing content to sales, how to speak to the customers, right? So it kind of seems as a very natural progression on my career. And again, I started dabbling in marketing automation because I always believed very strongly. I had this kind of logical and operational side of me. And as much as I love the creative side of marketing, I always wanted to put some numbers <laughs> to it. Like I wanted something concrete, right? Like I wanted actual black and white deliverable from marketing to sales. And so kind of I started dabbling into marketing automation and that drove me into marketing operations. And then a role and opportunity came up actually with MarketWired. That was much more of a revenue operations, sales operations, revenue operations role the rest is history. I kind of started down that path, have loved it since. I think that's a pretty natural progression. Marketing historically, historically meaning like 20 years ago or 15 years ago where we were more creative, moving then with the technologies coming on board, having more access to information and data. Will I see people who get really excited about that aspect of, of what you can get from the technologies moving towards operations? And it's interesting to flip to the, the sales side. Ultimately, we're all trying to move in the same direction, right? It's about generating revenue for an organization that we're working for. At this point, actually, we just need to take a quick minute to hear from our sponsor. We've been talking with uh, Tiana Moritovic around uh, revenue operations, and we'll get to be back in just a minute. And that minute is to tell you all about Demand Lab, the sponsor of the show today, which helps organizations like yours transform their revenue potential by connecting their greatest assets, people processes, technology, and data. They do it through customized revenue ecosystem solutions by leveraging marketing technology, data science, good governance, and great analytics. Along with some good content, Demand Lab helps B2B organizations advance business goals and drive revenue. Isn't that what we're trying to do? Move the ball? Make some money? If you want to do both, learn more about Demand Lab solutions at Demand Lab, just like it sounds. Demand Lab. Okay, I demand that you two pick it up and continue where you're going here. We are talking with Tiana Martovic, and uh, the subject today is revenue operations, a growing approach to marketing and sales alignment. Tiana, you know, again, we were just talking about your, your sort of progression from marketing into sales. And I personally think that it's fantastic that you have an expertise on, on both sort of sides of the revenue generation coin. How have you seen the rise of the field of revenue operations impact marketing and sales? Well, it all depends on the execution, but if it's executed mm-hmm. properly, then it has a huge positive. Um, and when you think about that, it's essentially consistency, I would say. That's, that's the key message, right? From building consistent processes and metrics across the entire revenue generation engine to things such as improved rep workflow and ultimately even improved customer experience. I'll give you an example. One of the things that revenue operations 
the role is to kind of create that continuity and the rep is now able to use one system and the handoff points, handoff from marketing to sales is better and more tightly managed. The customer experience is so much better, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's had a huge impact on every level, right? The operational savings kind of within the company, the deficiencies, the rep effort, but also the customer experience. Tiana, do you think it's about a maturity in terms of an organization as they're growing from startup phase where they might be very product-oriented, sort of developing themselves a bit into moving to being extraordinarily customer-centric and customer-driven? Do you think that there's any relation to the maturity of a company or have you seen companies starting out saying customer is number one and we want to ensure that that experience across their entire sort of the life cycle or, or their journey, the customer journey, is front and center from the start? It's a bit of a bell curve. I think the companies do start wanting that, but to your point, they are very product-focused. And then comes the period when it's, you know, it's all about the customer. We have to start focusing on the customer more and creating that better customer experience. And then the company reaches a certain size and it could be due to the systems, the back end, whatever it is, the experience starts to suffer again, right? So it mm-hmm. kind of goes through ebbs and flows a little bit. And then it becomes, you know, in the right company who wants to continue and, and who wants to be focused on that customer experience. I think it becomes uh, front and center. But there are companies, mm-hmm. obviously, that for them, it's always front and center. But I think for most companies, it's a bit of an ebb and flow. When you pull that back into the role of revenue operations and revenue generation and growing a company, um, what we've seen is that companies that are much more customer-centric will win at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, obviously you've got to have a good product, um, but how you're engaging with your, your, your customer and your audience is critical. And I like the idea of attaching that back into a revenue operations. When you've rolled this out, and I know you've done this with a few different companies, what are some of the challenges that companies have faced in trying to get really to revenue operations? Yeah, I think, um, the biggest challenge is still today the silos between marketing and sales. A majority of the organizations have still have that silo, right? That separation, um, which is actually, you know, you and I were talking about this, which is, I think, why we are seeing the rise of the consolidate revenue function and the CRO role, because mm-hmm. I think uh, more and more companies are realizing that this makes sense. So the companies that are looking to improve that alignment, my one advice would be to consider a consolidated revenue organization. Right? I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Certainly, that may or may not be feasible right, in every organization, but at a minimum, there should be an alignment on the measurement and the reward model between marketing and sales. Yeah. And where, when you've been able to get this sort of fully enforced, what are some of the results that you've seen come out of that approach? Even companies that I'm with right now, Fix Software Fix, we're seeing over 90% of our new business driven by marketing initiatives. The results can be really fantastic. Not many companies can boast the revenue is being almost solely driven by marketing efforts. I, I certainly haven't seen that level of yeah, That's a pretty uh, fantastic revenue. number. <laughs> it is, right? 
this makes a lot of sense, obviously, up until a certain point. At a certain point, it becomes a question whether that gets really expensive or it's just impossible to do it for a longer period of time. But I think it always helps because marketing, being able to contribute to the revenue, the impact is significant, right? The process can help speed up the sales cycle, can you know allow the companies to scale better and faster and more programmatically, right? To understand how what's the capacity, or understand how much pipeline you can drive, how many people you should be hiring to support that, right? So I think it, the impact can be very very positive, but it does um, does require a strong collaboration and alignment between the team. One of the things I one of the things I find really refreshing is that at Fix, both teams are very much aligned on the same measurement numbers, right? So we typically see marketing having this goal of X number of leads that they have to drive, X number of marketing qualified leads. We actually consider that to be somewhat vanity metric because at the end of the day, leads are as good as a pipeline and the closed business that they generate, right? So I think taking a step further and aligning marketing to some to more revenue-driven metrics, the more revenue metrics, I think makes a lot of sense and I think we'll be looking at metrics such as qualified leads in a few years the same way as we look today at brand impressions and click-throughs, right? I mean, they're there, but they really aren't telling you a story. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen companies that have exactly what you're talking about. So they've actually created processes within their CRM to track the marketing qualified lead that's sent over, obviously the conversion rate and that sort of thing. But in addition to that, because that's, that's pretty well known in terms of a process, they've actually enabled sales to grade from the BDR into an account executive handover to grade that handover. So perhaps one day we'll be able to also sort of get a little more interaction between the grading of the MQL to the to the sales qualified or sales accepted. You nailed it a few minutes ago when you said you really have to have that collaboration in place and really the culture of collaboration, which I think actually requires a little bit of sort of leaving the ego at the door and just saying we're all on the same team, we're all focused on you know, how are we going to grow the organization? Yeah, yeah, when you asked earlier about the revenue operations impact, right? Like, it, it's obviously very positive, but at the same time, it has raised the bar on accountability, right, for both teams. You know, on one hand, mm-hmm. you know, marketing now has to kind of work on getting those leads, better quality leads that are actually going to generate the pipeline that is actually going to close into the sales' hands. But at the same time, Sales has a responsibility and they have the responsibility, to your point, to follow up on those leads and to provide that feedback loop back to marketing, right, on the quality of yeah. those leads and what are they seeing. So certainly, yes, that's what the alignment's about. It's basically two sides of the same equation, right? You get the stuff in, but then you also have to provide feedback out, right? Unfortunately, we're at the end of our time, which kind of flew by. Um, I could spend another 23 minutes talking with you about this stuff, Tiana. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on this, I think, emerging space that is revenue operations. How could someone reach you if they wanted to? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. 
Yeah. All right. LinkedIn. I'm sure that Paul can put that up on on the website at some point. We will definitely do that. Spell the name, though. Let's spell so we get nobody's sure. fumbling around on LinkedIn here. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of it's a it's a Serbian name, so it has all these lots of uh, consonants and it's kind of uh, silent uh, letters. It's um, T I J A N A. And then last name, Muratovic, M-U-R-A-T-O-V-I-C. All right. We'll put that up just so everybody uh, who couldn't write that fast enough will find it here. And we'll uh, wrap it up for today. How do they reach you, Roan? They can reach me also at LinkedIn. It's Roan Morgan. Um, You can find me really easily there. And I'm checking daily. So and let's confirm how you spell Roan. It took me a couple a couple oh, of practice ch- <laughs> attempts to here. <laughs> Making it hard for everybody. I know. R-H-O-A-N like Nancy and the last name is Morgan. All right. Any final thoughts or takeaways here? You know what? I think, Tiana, I appreciate your time so much today and seeing the growth of revenue operations that we've seen over the last few years. It's exciting to see where you're taking it. Thank you very much, and thank you so much for having me in today's podcast. I really enjoyed it. All right, and with that, we'll wrap it up. You've been listening to another episode of SLMA Radio. We bring you a rotating series of programs, including this week's show with Roan Morgan and Revenue Rebels, a monthly program on the Funnel Channel for at-work listeners like you. Revenue Rebels, right here on Funnel Radio Network. 